You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and on the line today, we have our friend, the Chief Investment Strategist at Sprott Asset Management, Mr. John Embry. Good morning, John. Thank you for joining us today, sir. Oh, it's my pleasure. I always like chatting with you. Well, John, there have been a number of things happening over the last couple of weeks. Firstly, let's take a look at what's happening in the U.S. economy. So next week's Federal Open Market Committee meeting on Wednesday may provide some insight into the status of the U.S. economy. But as you've alluded to before, and likewise, Eric has uh, maintained as well, too, most U.S. economic data is hardly reliable. So what is your interpretation of what we've been seeing in the U.S. economy? Well, I'm sort of in Eric's camp, certainly, but I might actually be more pessimistic than he Like, I honestly believe that so many of the statistics are falsified that unless you sort of dig around in the micro information, you really don't know what's going on. And it is my feeling that we are already at this moment entering into some form of recession in the United States. And it really gets back to one basic underlying factor. The average person in the United States, say the lower 75 to 80 percent, his income is being eroded daily and basically he can't afford to spend what he did before. And this is going to have an extremely negative impact on the economy going forward. Now, tying into the U.S. economy, John, the U.S. dollar was broadly higher than a number of other major currencies today. I've talked to Eric in the past weeks about the volatility in foreign currency markets. So what is your take on what we're seeing in world currencies and Forex markets? You know, it's fascinating. Eric coined a phrase years ago when we were at a conference together which is saying like trying to identify the best currency in the world is trying to pick the best looking horse in a glue factory. And what we're seeing today is people refer to dollar strength, but the fact is it isn't necessarily dollar strength, it's just greater weakness in other currencies. And with the problems that are emerging in Europe, you know, whether they're even gonna be able to hold the whole Euro Union together, the massive inflationary monetary policy that's being adopted in, in Japan I mean, these are two of the counterparties in the U.S. dollar valuation. They're just worse than the U.S. dollar, which makes the U.S. dollar look better. But if if you get underneath the real statistics in the U.S. dollar, like the debt and what have you, and the balance of payments deficits and what have and all that sort of thing, the U.S. dollar is is is, is a very poor currency as well. This is why I think you're seeing an explosion in price in things like art and high-end real estate and attractive areas, diamonds and what have you, because big money recognizes that currencies are basically dying and they're trying to get their money into real things. So likewise, John, you've alluded to what's happening in Europe. Let's move over to Greece. This week, there really hasn't been any significant headway up until this morning with the IMF. Suggestions for more austerity measures were put forth. But when you think about it, John, are they just running in circles, John? I mean, is there any end to this crazy merry-go-round that they seem to be on at this point? Well, I, I don't see a solution. I mean, I think that's the old theory of kick the can down the road and hope something good happens, but nothing good will happen. I thought there was a signal event in the last 48 hours, and that is when then the IMF came out and literally washed their hands and said they, they can't go along with this, and they're one of the, you know, the troika that has been sort of you know, coming after Greece. And I think they're really reaching a a critical point here. I don't see a solution that's really viable from both sides. 
I mean, if you enforce austerity and you know, on the Greeks, I mean, they're already in horrific shape. And at the same time, the European side, they really can't let the Greeks default because, I mean, you got that paper all through the system. So I, it, it's, it's very interesting, but it's a classic case of a country with 11 million people that has something like $330 billion in debt. I mean, the numbers don't work. Exactly. To say the least, John, to say the least. Now, alternatively, John, let's take a look at what's happening in the precious metal markets. Interestingly, the trouble in Greece has seen some positive results on the price of gold, particularly in early morning European and Asian trading today. But what are your thoughts on the movement of precious metals this week and what may happen in the future, especially if there are further breakdowns in Greek debt talks and if the Fed announces to have a rate hike? Likewise, I really want to hear your thoughts in terms of what we're seeing in the silver market with the massive buildup of open interest in silver today. What are your thoughts on that, John? You know, I, I think you are well aware that I've been a major force in sort of complaining bitterly about the suppression of the gold and silver prices through the past years. But what we've seen in the past is a mere bag of tell compared to what's going on now. I have never seen them more active in trying to keep the gold and silver prices low and sort of keep them away from the uh, the public. Like the public is totally turned off on gold and silver because of the price action. I mean, it's been terrible. And in the face of you know massive monetary printing, which under normal circumstances it would have gone up. So I mean, to try to make a short-term prediction is tough because these guys have really leaned into it. But I think part and what makes me fascinated at what's going on right now is what you just alluded to, and this is this massive buildup in open interest on the COMEX and silver. It's at an all-time record level. I think it was going to come out today. The prelim suggests there's maybe 192,000 open contracts. That covers 960 million ounces of silver. That's infinitely more than is produced in one year. It's probably the equal of the above-ground inventory. You could count it all the silver that's perhaps available in the world. So this is so out, it's such an outlier compared to other commodities that you make, it makes you wonder, like, what are they so worried about that they would take a short position in silver of this magnitude at a cost, at a price that is probably lower than the production cost of 50% of pure silver producers? And this is, this is what will be seen in, in the rearview mirror as one of the most bizarre periods in history. And I, I think that it portends a massive upside move in silver at some time in the not-too-distant future. This is just so out of whack with reality that it's, it's remarkable. Well, John, we really like to thank you for joining us today on the weekly wrap-up, and we hope we can speak to you in the near future as well, too. Thank you for joining us today, John. It'd be my pleasure to talk anytime. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for the weekly wrap-up here on Sprout Money News. Have a great weekend.